all the stories have a beginning. But sometimes the real beginning is before the beginning that we originally thought it was the beginning. So the new beginning is more like a continuation of the original beginning. For example, the beginning of this podcast is not on episode 1. This episode is the real beginning. But I think this is already very confusing. So I'm going to refer to this episode as what it is, the inspiration. Indeed, my friends, this episode is the story behind the Art of Listening podcast. This podcast is about that, is about opening our ears and listen to every single story from anyone. So, welcome, welcome to this episode that is the beginning the inspiration of the art of listening podcast the art of listening podcast have you ever wondered what is the meaning of the number three in your life many cultures around the world attribute a meaning to all and each of the numbers Different religions and ancient cultures believe that the number three was somehow special. Many nations divide the power in three different branches to ensure its separation and prevent abuse of power. This is the case of legislative, which is the Congress, the executive, the president and the vice president, and judicial, the Supreme Court. Our planet is the third on the list of planets orbiting the Sun, at least as far as we know. Number 3 is a prime number, which means that it can only be perfectly divided by the number 1 and itself. Three is the number of signs that you can find on the most basic geometric figure, the triangle. If we had the chance to have in our hands one of the most enigmatic shapes of humanity, a pyramid, and we project a light over one of its sides, the shape that we would see on a wall caused by the shade would be a triangle. Number 3 has endless possibilities to be understood and attributed to depending on the culture or context that we are dealing with. What you are about to listen to is a story of three different parts that are extremely connected. Let's locate ourselves in Mexico City in the year of 1942 with a little kid with name Manuel. His parents Paz Rodriguez and Hilario Luna were a really young couple who gave birth to 12 kids. Unfortunately, only 9 of them could actually pass their first year of life. The house where they lived was just a piece of dirt surrounded by 4 pieces of cardboard that functioned as walls. The ceiling was just a piece of sheet roof. They didn't have beds. All of them slept on the dirt floor. Mm. 
alejado del bullicio de la falsa sociedad. One of his favorite games was to play soccer, with a ball they made from collecting old newspapers and wrapping them with a thread. Since he was really young, he had faced adult responsibilities. Every morning, he had to wake up early in order to clean the three cows and two piggies that were the family's property. After cleaning the animals, a 30-minute barefoot walk waited for the kids so they could go to school. But getting there with no shoes and sometimes impregnated with the smell of the animals they cleaned caused other kids to make fun of Manuel and his siblings, something like what we know nowadays as bullying. To get extra money, Manuel would help other families around clean animals they owned or maybe transport water from the water holes around to their homes. Nonetheless, all the money was collected and administrated by Manuel's parents, who would then buy food and clothes for all the kids. All this hard work pushed Manuel to drop school when he was just in third grade. The harsh financial situation for the family also made him work in the construction sector and it was until he turned 11 years old and after receiving his very first salary when he could buy his first pair of shoes ever. But there was something inside telling him that one day everything would be better. Back then, in some areas in Mexico, it was a tradition that, when a couple got married, the bride would move out of her house and move in with the groom's family. Pablo, Manuel's brother, told him that he was ready to get married. Manuel was worried they didn't have any extra space left in the house for another person. This is when we found a perfect excuse to try and build a bigger house for the entire family, which seemed in principle, a crazy idea. But all the efforts made by Manuel, Pablo, and the support of their dad, Hilario, made that dream come true. A three-bedroom house made out of brick. It was 1958 when a light-skinned girl moved in the neighborhood where Manuel lived. Immediately, Manuel wanted to talk to her, but one of his best friends, a kid named Pascual, told him that he would not advise on it. Pascual believed that the new girl was out of Manuel's league. But from Manuel's philosophy, the worst battle is the one that you don't fight. Manuel noticed that she wasn't indifferent to him, so he decided to start riding his bicycle around her. One of these days, Manuel finally stopped in front of her and said, Listen, cutie, 
I've got a no feeling that you and I, one day, will run away together. The girl laughed, and that evening, they had a really nice and long conversation. A few weeks later, Manuel experienced one of the happiest moments in his life, the day when she accepted to be his girlfriend. Of course, she made him wait just enough. When she told me that she didn't have an answer for me yet, I was like, please don't think about it so much because all this weight is making me suffer. <laughs> But when she told me yes, she made me so happy. Her answer made me so happy. Who was the the luckiest young kid ever? This is how Manuel fell in love and met the love of his life. I like the skin sweet girl who was named Blanca. A year after, Manuel and Blanca got married, and that love transformed into five little children. Teresa, Victor, Chavo, Blanca, and Noé. After the first kid, Manuel decided to finish his elementary school education by enrolling a program that offered classes at night. This is when he fell in love once again, but this time with literature. Manuel then started working for one of the most important telecom companies in Latin America, Telmex. At this point, his financial stability allowed the entire family to take some short and long trips. Over the weekend, they would plan some picnics around the city, but they also had the chance to start traveling around the country. And finally, they went for the very first time to the beach. During these trips to different beaches in Mexico like Cancun, Veracruz and Acapulco is where Manuel taught his kids how to swim. But not everyone learns because they are curious. Some people learned out of need. Well, I was pushed to learn how to swim because I, I was in need, but basically I, I was also hungry. I would work by taking care of some cows, but on the other side of this little creek, there was a place that had different veggies, and well, I was really hungry. And to get there, I had to cross a little creek. So I got there, and I started by walking, getting my feet into the water, and getting deeper and deeper, but When I started noticing that I was sinking, I started moving my feet or arms, and then I noticed that I was actually getting closer to the veggies. So I kept moving, and, and, and 
and getting closer and closer until I finally made it to the other side. One of Manuel's priorities was his kid's education, but let's stop, because this is the perfect point to connect with the second part of this three-story podcast. Let's change our focus to one of the kids, the one in the middle, the so-called sandwich, Chavo. Our now main character remembers that the house he used to live in was built by his father and all the family slept in the same room. It was around 1965 and the streets of that part in the country had no pavement or lights. All the siblings were around the same age, so they used to go to the same school together. And even though the financial situation was better, Chavo remembers he had only one sweater and one pair of pants and also one pair of shoes to go to school. He was really social and his responsibilities were mostly limited to go to school, come back home, eat, do his homework and then had a chance to play with his friends on the street. Education in this family was not just limited to academic topics. Sometimes kids need more guidance on social and moral related behaviors. And to achieve this, the correction by physical punishment like a spank was somehow common back then. Chavo and his siblings were not excluded from it. Nowadays, society does not necessarily approve these practices, but around that time, it was one of the few tools available for parenting. At school, Chavo had a natural skill to understand mathematics. His notes were really high. After classes, he would rush to finish his homework and then start playing as soon as possible. One of his favorite toys was an old tricycle with a crooked handlebar. He had to twist his torso towards one of the sides so the tricycle could move on a straight line. Since he was a kid, he learned the concept of something that some others learn way later in life. Savings. His dad gave them some money every Sunday, so they used it for either buy something they really wanted or needed or save it on a little piggy bank. He also remembers the family trips that went for over two weeks traveling across small cities and towns in Mexico. When he was three years old, he was not a big fan of taking showers. His parents would ask him to get his feet wet at the beach, but every time there was a wave coming, he would run the opposite way and find a dry surface. It was on these trips when he learned to swim. All the family members would have specific responsibilities. When the kids came back from school, they would help make their own bricks so his dad, after working hours, could come back home and finish building additional rooms for the house. All kids dream about the perfect profession, 
His dream was to become a pilot, though the options were limited. One was to pay for a private school, which was extremely expensive, not an option really, and the second was to enroll in the military, which was not on Chavo's best interests. So this dream could not materialize. It ended up just like that, like a dream. According to him, Chavo didn't like reading when he was younger. Though, after his kids were born, he developed a real passion for books. His curiosity and love for cars took him to get closer to his uncle, who used to work as a car mechanic. His intention was just to learn, so during the summer break, he decided to help his uncle. His surprise was that, after working for a couple of weeks, he got paid for his help. This is how he got, unintentionally, his first job. He would start working in the morning, and then in the evening, he would go to the Science and Humanity College from the University of Mexico. Despite all these responsibilities, he still had time to enjoy playing soccer. With the number 5 on his jersey and playing on a lateral position, he was part of the iconic family team Luna Union, being able to get their runner-up twice during his career. On the professional league, his favorite team was Pumas, who was a professional team for the college that he wanted to be accepted by. It was here when he decided to try to get a degree on mechanical engineering, driven mainly by the skills in maths he had, and also the experience he had in construction. At this moment, he had taken a new part-time job, driving a van as part of the public transportation system in Mexico City. The route that he used to drive by was really close to his house, and one time, amongst all the passengers that took the van, one of his friends was there. Immediately, they started talking about diverse topics. But on the seat that was between them, there was another young lady who was laughing at their conversation. Chavo thought that this person was friends with his friend, but she was an absolute stranger just having a fun time by listening to these two individuals on her way to school. After this funny incident, Chavo and this stranger started talking, and maybe it was a lot of coincidence, but Chavo started driving on that route around the same time that this young lady used to get to school. It was clear that this accidental friendship was evolving into something else, to the point that Chavo started dating his future wife, Lupita. After dating for a couple of months, Chavo faced a tough conversation with his parents. They were discussing the increasing family members. Yes, indeed, Chavo had lunch 
before the launch break, and he was about to become a brand new dad. This was a game changer for Chavo. The comforts of just studying and working by decision, instead of need, were coming to an end. Chavo had to drop school and start working in order to provide a financial stability for his new family. It was like if a bomb was exploded, and it was on his hands to make up for the repairs. So many changes were about to happen, but he was not alone and his father, Manuel, suggested to apply for a job at the same company that he was working for, Telmex. There is a phrase that says, God tempers the wind to the shorn lamb. Chavo had the support from his dad, who allowed him to live for some time in an old property he owned, the first house he built with his brother and dad, though he was really clear that this offer was temporary. As Manuel was really interested on Chavo's developing his own sense of responsibility. Chavo took the offer, and he was accepted to work for that important telecom company. His skills and discipline took him to occupy one of the highest roles in the department he worked for, which also brought a lot of benefits. He managed, with a lot of effort not only from him, but also from his wife Lupita, to build a house in a really short period of time, to provide a good education to his kids, to buy them clothes, toys, books, food, so they never lack anything that was on his hands to provide them with. Let's stop one more time and reflect about what we have listened to. It seems that these two stories were extremely connected. Furthermore, seems that the first story was the base, the foundation for the second story. At this point, I bet you know what the third story is going to be about. Do you recall that at the beginning of this episode we talk about the shade on the wall of a pyramid takes the shape of a triangle? Well, that's not a coincidence. According to the American psychologist Abraham Maslow and his theory of human development, there are five different categories for human needs. Physiological needs. These needs are the biological component for human survival, such as food, water, and sleep, for example. The second category are safety needs. Once a person's physiological needs are satisfied, their safety needs take precedence and dominate behavior. These safety needs manifest themselves in ways such as preference for job security, savings accounts, insurance policies, disability accommodations, etc. The third level of human needs is interpersonal, and this involves feelings or belongingness. According to Maslow, humans possess an effective need for a sense of belonging and acceptance among social groups. On the next category, esteem is the respect and admiration for a person, but also self-respect and respect from others. Most people have a need for a stable esteem. And on the highest part of the pyramid, we have cognitive needs, aesthetic needs, and on the top, the self-actualization, which refers to the realization of one's full potential. Maslow describes this 
as the desire to accomplish everything that one can to become the most that one can be. People may have a strong particular desire to become an ideal parent, succeed athletically or create paintings, pictures or inventions. Applying this theory to our two prior characters seemed that if their pyramids had a strong and direct link. Furthermore, seems that one pyramid is the base for the other. If you were wondering what happened with the third part of the story, well, you've been listening to it since the very beginning. This episode is to honor the teachings from my father and my grandfather, two strong men who put so much effort to help me start a little bit higher on my own personal pyramid. We've never been a rich family, but I can assure that I have never lacked anything. My family provided me with food, shoes, a comfy bed, a great education and a college degree. But most importantly, they taught me human values, the importance of family, the importance of love. And they put all the necessary instrument on my toolbox so I could climb as high as possible on my own pyramid. This story is not over yet, and I'm so excited to share with all of you the next chapters that will come. It's amazing what we can not know about someone who has been in our lives for such a long time. The recommendation for today is turn off that phone and listen to the person you have in front of you. All and every single word. Thank you so much for being with us today. We'll catch up later. The Art of Listening Podcast.